You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Welcome back. We have another episode of Pullbox Podcast here. Uh, this time it's the um, it's the 18th episode, and I am your host, Curtis Finley. I'm your other host, Michael Cohen. And we are talking today. My pick for this month is We Three. And uh, if you've been listening to our other podcasts this month, you will know that we've decided to, rather than talk about all three books in one in one episode, we're going to split up our episodes to talk about one book per episode. So on the 1st of September, we talked about Bone by Jeff Smith. And um, on the 10th, we talked about Pretty Deadly by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios. And then now, this episode, we're talking about We Three by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. And this is... Um, this was my pick because I just read it recently and was pretty taken by it because it's a, uh, it's so different than your typical, even your typical Vertigo book. Which mm-hmm. when you say typical Vertigo <laughs> book, there's no such thing. Yeah, um, because they're also different. But even this one is quite different. It follows three animals: a dog, a cat, and a rabbit, three pets, who were experimented on by the government um, to become weapons. Weapons of mass destruction, or whatever you want to call it, they they're just given implants and body armor in order to uh, to be to be killing machines. And um, the intention was to be able to control them, but the animals get loose. And so this is a three issue mini series where we're following um, a homeward bound, incredible journey kind of storyline. Yeah. Except the animals are killing machines. Yes, um, and a lot of it is. Um, a lot of it's told in pantomime because the animals don't talk. It's yeah. through these special implants that they are they're given the ability to talk, but they're only just learning how to do that. So they speak in one or two words at a time, but a lot of it is pantomime. Yeah, and and the and, and their intelligences are reflected because uh, the dog is a little bit smarter than the cat, and they're both smarter than the rabbit. <laughs> like there's a there's a definite hierarchy there, right? That's that's interesting, um, and and even though they can speak, they're still they're still animals. Yep, and they still right? they still respond to things as as animals would. Yeah, um, and and even in their language, they talk the way that we would think that animals yeah. would talk. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just so well done, um, so different from what Grant Morrison typically does. Mm-hmm. Um, with his superhero work and such, and um, yeah, just really refreshing. I uh, and a great commentary on animal cruelty and yeah. genetic testing and, um, and animal the, testing and the military-industrial complex. And yeah, it's sort of uh, I aim to uh, you know I, it, the, I think one of the commentaries in there is is how the military-industrial complex justifies atrocities in the name of of 
saving human lives in the long run. Right. It's always this it's always this future thing of like, well, we're going to do this now and it might seem horrible, but it's going to save lives later, right? Like we will fight wars with these animals instead of fighting them with human beings and so countless lives will be saved. But uh, the the it's it's actually it's basically RoboCop with animals. <laughs> I mean, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not a weird dystopian future. No, nope. uh, but it, like it's very much supposed to be contemporary. But uh, but it is a very similar thing of like, uh, and and with this, I think maybe even a little bit more pointed because they are animals. It's like what what is the cost of that though? Like humans fight wars with humans because they're human beings. Right, and so if lives are lost because humans fight wars with each other, it it is almost it's almost justifiable because we're the ones who start the wars in the first place. Right, but Why the drag idea, other yeah, species, yeah, that you're that. gonna conscript these innocent animals, and I think that that's sort of uh, uh, underlined by the fact that e- the cover of each of these individual stories is the missing poster for that animal right so it's not that they even went and like got an animal and raised it to be this thing they went and they stole people's pets the government stole people's pets to turn them into these into these killing machines and uh and they succeed like that's the biggest thing is that they succeed um, but I think because they do use it's a lot like Robocop because they use Alex Murphy his humanity comes through and and Bandit in particular the dog his the fact that he like like his his need to be a good dog right like that man's best friend compulsion that's been bred into domesticated dogs is just like it's first and foremost everything he does He's constantly asking the question, good dog? Good dog? Yeah. Like, somebody yeah. reinforce this. I need the Pavlovian response. I've done the right thing. Tell me that I'm a good dog. Um, and and it's, a, I, 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 it's a fascinating look at, at, that, at that idea. It's just, like, the, the concepts contained within it. Like, the... the um, it makes you think about, like... like trained attack dogs it makes you think about uh experimenting on animals um they do there's a fourth animal in the book that is a a mastiff which if anybody's ever had an encounter with a with a mastiff which is a very large uh bulldog-ish type breed they are they're uncontrollable animals. They are. They're frightening like, without genetic enhancements. Yeah, and uh, well, and they're not always necessarily frightening, but they're very um, intimidating. I well, I, it, my experience with a couple of mastiffs is that they were just like kids, like they were like big stupid oh, yeah. kids, and they just want to jump all over you and lick your face, and it doesn't matter what you say to them; they just slobber everywhere. Um, they are not one of my favorite breeds of dogs, but uh, but they are also they are without cybernetic enhancements. They are deadly. They can be very deadly, and they've been historically used as as attack dogs and, and as guard dogs and that sort of thing. So they're the the three animals. Well, I guess 
at that at that point we've already lost one right or no no i guess not i guess he the the rabbit gets gets shot but keeps going by virtue of its its enhancements but it is the first one to fall yeah to, to the mastiff so um and i think because of that hierarchy because the dog is smart the cat is intelligent but a little bit the cat's the cat's kind of a jerk uh, <laughs> like a cat like a cat is, would be yeah, yeah. And, but then the rabbit is kind of innocent and naive like yeah. it it doesn't doesn't fully comprehend in the same way that the the cat and the dog do the cat is paranoid and suspicious well, of humans and, and a rabbit like humans. a rabbit is not a predator no. anyway so like cats and dogs they do hunt yeah but rabbits don't so it is an unlikely candidate to yeah. be one um, of these guys one of these yeah they kind of they, they have they have the three different functions right i mean the cat is meant to be a stealth attack unit right the uh the dog is meant to be sort of like your ground infantry and then the rabbit is is your uh, uh almost like, like the, the secret weapon kind of? yeah like it's yeah it's the it's the the yeah it's the tactical weapon where it's like you're gonna it's gonna burrow and then it, the, i i love the visual aspect of it the sort of visual joke of the rabbit is that it has these little minds that it basically poops out like these little pellet <laughs> mines yeah. that come out of its butt and and uh, uh it's sort of like the visual is at once kind of like it's kind of weird and creepy but then it's also kind of humorous because it's like rabbit pellets just like coming out but then exploding yeah i uh, and uh, it, i don't it, there there's a there is it's grant morrison so there's humor in there but the humor, you almost feel bad for laughing at. Yeah, it's very dark humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, 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 it's and it's 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 creepy, but at the same time, like you you mentioned, Homeward Bound, uh, and it there's very much that that vibe. Yeah. Um, but again, like you, as soon as you feel that vibe, you feel bad about it. Right, like Grant, Grant Morrison's an incredible writer, uh, and and uh, everything that I've read of his has hit me in some way or another. Like like he he's he's very good at getting to the emotional core of a story, right, and getting that across. Um, and and this book is one of those. And then when you pair him with Frank Quitely, which yeah. the two of them have worked together a few times, I. Uh, Frank Quitely is one of those artists we've talked about before. Have we talked about Frank Quitely? I don't know if that we have. Yeah. Um, but he's one of those artists. I uh, uh, a lot like with the Wrenchies, a lot like with with Paul Pope, um, and Battling Boy. There's this uh, beautiful ugliness yeah, to right, it, totally. right? Where it's like he he adds more detail into it. And the more detail you get, the kind of gross, grosser and creepier it gets. Yeah. It's almost that Uncanny Valley thing, right? Where Frank Quitely's humans are so human that they're almost disgusting to look at. <laughs> but you look at them and you're like, but that just looks like a regular person. Yeah. Um, he does tend to like squash heads a little bit, I find. Right. Uh, his, his faces tend to be sort of like these squat sort of filled out things um and it's interesting i think it says a lot about how he sees people um in, in the way that he uh, portrays them in his art because his like the animals are almost 
different, like photorealistic. Yeah, kind. almost photorealistic, especially that mastiff. Yeah, they're not they're not caricatures like people's yeah. faces are in yeah. his drawings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I it, it's interesting. I I really like We Three. This is I think the third time that I've read this, um, and every time I read it, it's just it's the same it's the same journey yeah well and it's like it's amazing that you can um you can take you can get such a compelling story from just three animals that uh and i guess that's why incredible journey and homer bound is so fascinating as well is because you feel these you feel for these animals what you would feel for 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 people um and i'm not a pet person so i don't have any pets oh yeah and i don't know that i'm a um uh, so I don't have that relationship with animals like okay. some other people do, but like reading this book, it's like I really did feel for yeah. these creatures. <laughs> I've uh, I I grew up with pets. Uh, we generally always had a dog and two cats, and uh, uh, I don't have a pet right now because the place that I live in doesn't allow it, and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because one of the things with pets is when you're home by yourself, nobody else is around, you're not alone. Right. Yeah. And I hate being alone, alone. And the, like, I'm a cat person because I like to be by myself with other people. <laughs> and that's exactly how cats are. Yeah. Like a cat, like if there was a cat sitting on the chair over there and I was sitting here by myself watching TV or playing video games, I would just feel more comfortable. Okay. Because it would be like, there's just a, there's just a thing that, that pets, I feel like that they just bring to a house. Like they, they're, I, people who are cat people or dog people you'll walk into their house and there will often be a standard somewhere in their house that says a house is not a home without a cat slash dog <laughs> and uh and and uh, that's how i feel i always feel like like uh like a home is enhanced by that but but we live in vancouver and it's difficult in small places to have pets yeah so i so one day one day yeah uh but um so you understand the feeling then. I know. definitely have that feeling. And it killed, when I get to the front of each of those, um, less so with the rabbit because it's a rabbit, but um, <laughs> I feel like cats and dogs have more personality. But uh, Seeing that, that missing poster. Yeah, you see that missing poster and it immediately makes you think not only of the animal, but of the family that that's missing it, right? And that, for anybody who has had a pet and has lost a pet or... Uh, or you know a pet has died or whatever I, you feel that emotion immediately and you know that, that these animals they have a home somewhere uh, that they weren't bred specifically for this yeah. that, they, uh, that they're a part of somebody's family and that, that like I said about the Robocop thing it makes it worse it right. makes everything that happens in it worse but one of the things that I love about it Grant Morrison he puts you through the ringer, but it has a happy ending. It's right. this horrible, bleak look at the world, but then at the very end, it's humanity comes through. Yeah, <laughs> like it, 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 it redeems itself through this homeless man who we're introduced to at the beginning of the third issue, that that encounters the three animals as they're kind of they're dying because they need um, they need medicine in order to stay alive because of all of these implants, right? Um, and so they're kind of dying and he, he's gonna, he wants to help them but the military intercepts them before he can do that uh, and then he ends up somehow coming across them at the end 
once they've shed all of the 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 as many of the implants as they can and uh and and he ends up taking care of them and uh and it just kind of it 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 gives you hope right that that where there are men and women out there that would seek to create killing machines out of household pets um there are also people out there who would look at those killing machines and still see the animal inside it yeah and uh and 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 give them a second chance uh and so the 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 rabbit doesn't make it through but the cat and the dog do they do they do make it through and they end up with a home uh, a home with a homeless man which i think uh the really cool thing about it is that the dog is constantly he's the leader right and yeah. he's he's saying like we have to find home we have to get home we have to go home because he has this concept of home and the cat is like no there is no home we have no home look at us we're monsters uh and i think it might be the rabbit who who says like home is where they don't have to run anymore hmm. right yeah and and uh that idea is fulfilled at the end of the story which i think that I think a weaker writer than Grant Morrison would have had them all die at the end. Or right? return to their owners or something like yeah, that. Or, yeah, or even the more saccharine yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, way to end the story where they get back to where they belong. Yeah. But, but I think Grant Morrison, in his genius, he writes an ending where everything turns out for the best. Yeah. Um, having them out on the, these animals, having them out on the street, also provides the scientist who ends up being the whistleblower on the mm-hmm. whole thing, exposes the whole operation to to be able to see yeah. the what the the fate of these animals, what has eventually come of yeah. them, and also be able to help them a little bit because in the yeah. end he sees them with the homeless guy, gives them a bit of money, a um, lot of money, <laughs> a, a lot of money. Sorry, yeah. and and because he knows, I think, because he knows he's going to jail, right? Like he yeah. knows that he's walking into the courtroom to yeah, say we did all of these things we broke all these laws and we yeah. de- deserve to be punished right yeah that's kind of the so and the he, tone there. he kind of redeems himself before yeah. um to he redeems himself to um humanity by being the whistleblower and then yeah. he redeems himself to the animals by giving them some money yeah. a small small thing that hopefully will go far for them yeah wow yeah it's uh this is a book we should also warn people if you haven't checked it out. It's not for kids. There is oh, yeah. horribly Ooh. graphically violent. Yeah. Um and so it's uh it, it's a great tale, but definitely for a mature audience. Same yeah. with yeah. Yeah. Same with a couple of the other books we read today. But uh um yeah, I think uh that I, I'm glad we talked about it because it's yeah. uh, it's one of those ones where you read it and you kind of have to unload after because it's yeah. way is pretty heavy. I th- I think I I count We Three as a classic. Like it is a it's it's a comic book. It's like The Watchmen. Uh, uh, it, it's it's like uh, uh, the Long Halloween for Batman, right? Like like there are books that sh- should always be. They should just always be yeah, right, yeah. and and we three is one of those. Like it's it has a message, uh, it's a great story. It the visuals are are incredible. The visuals tell the story. Like it all works in concert with one another, and it just it it's a it's a prime example of how 
comic books can affect people, right? Yeah. Like, and, and how these these stories can be written, uh, and how I think like we three. I don't think it would work as a movie. I don't think it would work like it, just because the content. Like, how who would even watch that movie? <laughs> I I and the graphic nature of it would be, I think, too much. Uh, I think it is perfect for this for medium. this medium. Yeah, it, it yep. it's it's a it's a seminal graphic novel. Like it yep. just and and it's Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely who are. Uh, legends in their own rights but when they work together i mean like eventually one day we'll get to all-star superman volumes one and two right i will pull them and and we'll read those and we'll talk about how the two of them understand superman better than anybody else right I, well and they did wonders for the x-men in the period yeah. where they weren't so good yeah. as well so yeah. like they they the that duo is they're a pair of of artists. It's like a Jeff Loeb Tim Sale yeah. mashup. You, you, yeah, you just get those pairings that are perfect together, and yep. these two they yeah. they know each other. Yeah, they just work so well together, and they want to tell the same types of stories. Yeah, and and We Three is a prime example, and it's a really cool one because it's not part of another Anything. legacy, right? Yeah. It's its own thing. It's its own message. It's its own story, and and so that's why I think it's a classic. I think it's a book that everybody should read. Um, and it's uh, it's one yep. that comes highly recommended by anybody who knows anything about comics. <laughs> yeah, so including us, including we, us, we know about comics. <laughs> yes, <laughs> great. Well, that cool. wraps up our uh, our episode. Um, next month we are going to dip into two books from Boom Studios. Your pick, uh, what's your pick? Uh, Lumberjanes. Yeah. Uh, and then um, our reader poll is from Craig Elliott. He suggests we read Irredeemable by Mark Wade. Uh, and then my pick for next month is Dylan Dog, the first issue of uh, the Dark Horse series called um, Dawn of the Living Dead. And uh, yeah, we I'm not sure in which order we'll release those, but um, you'll find one of those episodes on October 1st. Yeah, for sure. And of course, you can uh, keep up to date with everything Pullbox Podcast by heading to pullboxpodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pullboxpodcast and on Twitter at pullboxpodcast. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And at Curtis Findlay. Curtis with a K, Findlay with F-I-N-D-L-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. And, uh, and of course, I, I, we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, so you can check out all of the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Network by heading to thunderquack.com. And, uh, and you can also support us by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack where you can chip in and, uh, and, and help support us at the cost of, of hosting podcast files and whatnot. Um, and, uh, and, and also get some cool perks. Uh, for instance, if you wanted to listen to all three comics, uh, listen to us talk about everything from, from this month, uh, you could pledge and get everything early so you'll get basically get it all at once and you can listen to the whole episode uh as opposed to throughout the month um yeah so uh you can do that you can also uh head there and at the 15 dollar level you basically get to pick a book uh and and actually record a 20 minute segment with us uh and and uh and we will we'll read your book we'll it'll it'll be on the podcast and uh and that that'll be uh, uh, sort of its own thing now with our new format so so that's uh, at 15 dollars. that's that's all it takes to to tell us what to read 
and uh, and actually get to be on the podcast and talk to us mm-hmm. uh, about that comic. Um, so so those are some of the great perks that you get uh, by being a, a, a supporter over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, as well as access to, to stuff from all of our other podcasts. So um, that's uh, that's uh, we, we thank everybody for supporting us through Patreon, and we hope that you'll go check it out. And if it's for you, uh, that's cool. Otherwise, uh, it's all good. Uh, the podcast will always be free. Um, I, so yeah, uh, that that does it for this episode of the Pullbox Podcast, and we will catch you on the next one. Keep reading comics. Oh, 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 oh,